from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph for his soul. He arose and lived among the dark domain, and he lives forever with his sorcery. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Hallelujah, he arose. Our victory secured, he arose. He arose that we, amongst other saints on earth, will reign. My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit praises. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For death could not hold him captive. He arose. He arose. He arose. Just bow our head.
Respond to God. God is already speaking to us. Don't be discouraged. Is there a situation around you that looked like it was when Jesus was being arrested? It looked like all hopes are gone. He's saying to you, don't be discouraged. Are you giving up already? God is saying, don't be discouraged. Despite the large writing here that the Lord has been speaking to us, are you still not having courage? Are you giving up? Take courage. Be encouraged this morning. Can you just speak to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive my unbelief. Forgive me when I limit myself. In our second Bible reading, when the disciples entered the tomb, or when they peeped in, Scripture says, as though they never knew the Scriptures. Do you believe the Scriptures this morning? Ask the Lord to forgive your unbelief. Can we return to the way of the Scripture and believe the Lord? The word of the Lord is sure, ever sure. For he watches over it to bring it to pass. Can you say, Lord, I believe you. Over that situation, personal first. Just speak to the Lord. I don't know what it is. But can you quickly align with what he has said? It may not look like it yet. But tell him I believe. Align yourself. And he will take delivery of it. Over this nation, can you say, Lord, we are not giving up. Lord, come and have your way. We will arise to take our place to warfare, to see your word come to pass. We have not given up. Some persons seem to give up over this nation. This morning God is saying, don't give up. Don't be discouraged over this nation. The ways of the Lord are not our ways. Speak to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe you for this nation. What you said you will do that is what you will do that is why you are called jehovah hallelujah that is why you are you are called jehovah over nigeria and that is why you are called what you said you will do. What you said you will, you will do. And that is what you will do. And that is why you are called Jehovah. Lord, you have not changed. We believe you. Thank you for already bringing your word to us. Lord, we ask that you will help us. You will help us to take delivery in fulfillment of that which you have spoken concerning us. Respect to sin, with respect to the battles facing us. This morning we trust you. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will come for us. As we look at your word briefly this morning, charge our hearts. Stay us and cause that we arise to live victorious lives. Even after now, to the glory and praise of your name.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He arose. I want to appreciate God for this opportunity. And I want to thank our fathers in the Lord for giving me this privilege to come share on this morning of Easter. A church. A word for us. I believe the Lord will stay our heart. Because I believe God has a word for every one of us this morning. Already he has started speaking to us. And my heart is encouraged because as I sat there, one of the words, I didn't prepare to share that, but God brought it again to my heart, is this mysteries. God works in mysterious ways. The hymn writer says what? His wonders to perform. When God works in his own way, he's mysterious. And that is why what he does is a wonder. Amen. This morning we have a topic before us, overcoming sin and death. For me, uh, with the time we have, is a charge God is bringing to us. So we'll be having a charge this morning on overcoming sin and death. The reading in the epistles is our text, 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 20. We'll be looking at the entire book of 1 Corinthians 15 as we glean and draw words that will charge our hearts to believe God in this battle. But like I will usually do, we lay quicker foundation before we go into the text. Few thoughts that came to mind as I looked at our topic. Overcoming sin and death. Our opening ver uh, word, overcoming, brings the first thought to us. For me, it really means, not only predisposed or supposes, but really means that there is a battle. When we talk of overcoming, we are also looking at a scenario of what? Of a battle. There is an interest to defend. So with respect to our work of faith, with respect to our lives, there is a battle. With respect to our journey, even unto eternity, there is a battle. Much more than a battle, actually there is a battle, and there are battles because there are interests to protect. There is something at stake. So when we talk about overcoming sin and death, I see that several of us, if not all, are faced with a battle. A battle to live the normal Christian life. A battle to live in the fullness of the image or the intention of God for our lives. The next thought that came to mind is even the beginning of the battles. You know, after God created man in his image and his likeness, 
Scripture says, created he them. God created us in his likeness. So the interest here is to protect the likeness and the image of God, which the enemy is fighting. So when we talk of overcoming, we are talking of dealing with this opposition so that we succeed in protect or protecting this interest, which is the nature of God. Sin is one battle. Battle acts the enemy is using against us. Sin as a nature is one thing the enemy is using as a weapon to see that we don't enter into the fullness of this reality. So what is sin? And what is death? Sin is a life that is alien to the nature of God. Living in such a manner as to disobey the original intent of God or instructions for our lives. A life of disobedience. A life of opposition to God. And I noted there that death came because of sin. In the original intent, the idea of death was not supposed to be there. But when sin came, death came. Invariably, I then quickly concluded that if the victory over sin is won, the victory over death is won. And I think it's safe to so conclude that when a man wins the victory over sin, the victory over death is also secured. So in, in the real sense, the battle against death for us is what? A battle against sin. The Bible speaking in Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says what? The wages of sin is death. So when you defeat sin, death is taken care of. This morning, we will quickly glean as a charge. For we don't have time, we'll be going to the words. As we reflect on the celebration of today, I sense God is pushing us further in our theme. Be strong and never be discouraged. And you will have noted that in the words of prophecy. In this battle against sin, God is saying be strong. We'll be looking at that in the context of the celebration of today. Which is a reminder of the victory Jesus won for us. So quickly, I noted that actually, death has a two-face. One here on earth, when a man is severed from God, in eternity, eternally severed from God. Those are the two faces. Because we saw from the beginning that when God said to man, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. He ate. But physically, he didn't die. But he was cut off 
He lost it. He lost the nature of God. So this battle is actually to preserve this nature of God. This morning, like I said, we will quickly run through 1 Corinthians 15. So if you have your Bible, just go there. So that we will run through that and we will begin to pray. We will run through that and we will begin to pray. It's a brief charge I bring to us this morning. As the Lord has laid it on my heart and I noted it down. It's a charge. God is this morning charging our hearts to be strong in this battle. Because already, by the mystery will be seen, victories are short. You know, it's like watching a match that you already know the outcome. How do you watch it? You relax. You don't sit at the edge of the seat. But when you don't know the outcome, you know, if they move, you almost kick the, the seats. God is saying, be strong. Concerning this battle, be strong. The mystery is why we are celebrating today. Be strong. Don't believe the lies of the enemy that you can't be in the, you can't be fish in the water. You know, these lies are the reason why we are not strong. That you can't be in this world and not be insane. The battle to preserve the nature of God. God has also secured the victory for us. So be strong. Don't be weak. I was speaking to, okay, I think it was the teens last week, and I said something. It just came to mind now. That normally, normally for a student who is usually first position in the class, if for any reason he comes second, imagine a child from Genesis 1, to maybe SS2 is always first position. We are talking about academic excellence last week with them. And I said that the person just by chance just became second position. It was good. It's good. Second position is good anyway, but this person has always been coming first. Then suddenly, second position. How will that person feel? He will feel what belongs to me. He will be strong in the battle to retain his first position. Because something tells him, is your right. Brethren, I've come to announce to you, like I announced to the teens, victory over sin is our right. That is the announcement this morning. God is saying, be strong, because by default, you are programmed to win this battle. Overcoming sin is God's expectation from you daily. That child got discouraged because he is used to coming first. What seems to be his? So when he battles to come first again, he's not battling from a point of disadvantage. He knows I have been there before. He's mine. This morning, that is what God is saying. Quickly, let's run to verse 56 to 58. Funny enough, I'm starting from the end of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin, the law. So what Bible is saying there is, sin brought death. When sin stings, death is on the way. That is what that place is saying. 
But look at the next verse. That is what I'm saying. But what? Thanks be to God. In this battle, we walk from the point of thanksgiving. Why? Look at what the Bible says in verse 57. Which has given up, which given us the victory. God has given us the victory through Jesus. This morning I have come to announce to somebody, if sin has held you captive, it is not supposed to be so. You have victory. Thanks be to God who has given us victory through Jesus. This morning, that is what we will be looking at in this place as we begin to pray. Verse 58 says, Therefore, did you see that? Did you see that in your Bible? Somebody should read it. Therefore what? My beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, be strong. Brethren, be strong because we have victory. In this battle, be strong. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, you know that this battle has an end. And the end is what? Favorable. You know the common slang that came some few years ago? It will end in praise. You know this battle over sin. God is, the way God is seeing it is that it ends in praise. So be strong. In this battle. Because we are overcoming. You know actually that is where the battle starts actually. When David and Goliath met. You know the first battle. It was words. Before the main battle. The main, the, in fact before what looks like the main battle. David won. So also does this Goliath of sin move around and say, do you think this thing is as simple as believing the scripture? Brethren, this morning I've come to announce to you that it's that simple also. It's a mystery. God works in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Though we are in a battle, God is assuring us of victory. Reason, actually, why many of us have not yet walked in that victory is because we do not know. A man in honor and knoweth not. Scripture says what? He's like the beast that will perish. He's not any different from an animal. But the question is, do you know? This morning I've come to remind you. As the, the English will say, knowledge is what? Is power. The power to overcome in this battle is the knowledge that you have victory already. And do you know that if it looks like you are losing the battle, something in you tells you that this battle is not to be lost. You are more, you will, you will come with a greater strength. Now let's go to the beginning as we glean very quickly. Can somebody read for us verse 1 to 3? We'll just speak some brief charges from there and then we'll begin to pray. Verse 1 to 3 of our first our text, 1 Corinthians 15. What did the Bible say there? Moreover, brethren, yes, somebody quickly read for us. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Three. 
For I delivered it to you first, of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Four. No, thank you. Stop at verse 3 now. I felt it is important at this point, and that's why we are going back to the beginning, to not make an assumption that I'm speaking to all who have um, come to believe. So we will not hear that this victory is secured as we saw in verse 57 through who? Christ Jesus. So it is important to note that like verse 1 said, you are brethren because you believe. So I sense in my heart that it's important to ask and remind ourselves of the need to believe. Do you believe? That is the beginning. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus came? Do you believe the gospel, the good news of this victory? Do you believe Jesus came? Because when you read further in verses 4 to 5, Paul there started explaining what he meant by the gospel. Which is that Jesus came and he died and he rose. Hallelujah. That rising makes the completeness of the gospel. This total gospel, have you come to receive and believe it? Do you believe that Jesus came as he came? He laid an example of how to live. I was listening so many, so many years ago, I was listening to Zach Ponen. Some of us will know him. Zach Ponen said something, and I will never forget that. He said the first man in this same First Corinthians 5, you will see, he talked about the first Adam and, this, and, and the second man, Adam. Came as a full-grown man at creation. So he asked a question. Zakune asked this question. Why do you think the second Adam came as a child and grew up? And you know the response. He said it's because his living gave an example for children to know how to live as a child and to know how to live as an adult. Maybe the first Adam couldn't have given us an example of how to live as a child. But Jesus came, and in that, in that is also the gospel. Jesus came to set for us an example to live in all aspects and areas of life. So that is the gospel. Do you believe that Jesus' life is the pattern life? Remember I said, the battle, when there is battle, there is an interest to protect. And in our own battle, in this case, what is the interest to protect? The nature of God. Do you believe that this likeness and nature God created us to be is exemplified in the man Jesus? That is the gospel Paul is referring to here. Do you believe? Do you believe that he died because of your sin? So that, you know, the Bible also says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Do you believe that Jesus shed his blood for the remission of your sin? Do you believe he rose again? If you believe he rose again, that is the hope we have for a risen life. If you have not, you may not have been coming, you may not have come to the reality of this victory that is assured. That is the beginning. For want of time, can we see quickly verse 6, 5 and 6? Well, let's just read verse 5. Verse 5 says what? The person reading for us should continue. 
verse 5 says, and that he was seen by Kephas. Kephas. And the twelve. Then by the twelve. Thank you. Why do, I, why do we need to know this? You will notice that when our text, text started, it started with, where is, where is their argument about resurrection? Brethren, if you read from that place, and like we saw in our Bible, second Bible reading, evidences abound. Peter saw him. The twelve disciples saw him. People saw him after he rose. The evidence are there that he arose. Do you believe? Can we quickly run to verse 12 to 13 for want of time? Now, Which is where we are as our text. We have as our text, yes. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not raised. And if Christ is not raised, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we have found false witness to God, because you have testified of God that he raised up Jesus, whom he did not raise up. Thank you. Thank you. Now verse 12 and 13 has quickly established to us that the cross of our message it's not just that he gave us a life as an example. And that he saved us from sin by his death. It's also that the fact that he arose. Why? The reason is that if your sins are forgiven. And you see the example of the life of Jesus to live. You may struggle to live it. It is resurrection that gives the power to live it. Now, if, if it were so, Jesus' ministry would have just ended at the death and the shedding of his blood. We are celebrating Easter today. One fundamental thing we should see here is that there is a mystery in his death and resurrection. That mystery is that there is a power available to us who are Christians. That mystery, can somebody read for us? Verse 16. Oh, let me read it from here. For if the dead is not raised, then Christ is not raised. But the fact that Jesus has risen, there is a mystery there. Somebody read for us very quickly. First, the same First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7 and 8. You see that mystery mentioned there. It's a mystery that has been hidden for ages. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 and 8. What does it say, sir? 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8, yes. But we speak the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. In a mystery. It's a mystery. It's in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages. God, do you know that? You know, like the word of prophecy was coming. My brother, you still read that place. Oh? It looks to me as if God is saying there that. You see, when Jesus was on the cross, it was not then that God said, thinking, what shall we do? God was not caught on our ways and said, hey, they have caught Jesus. What do we do? Next plan. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. In similar manner, the outcome and the way Nigeria election has gone, God is not saying, hey, so this is what they were planning. I, I, you know, God is not. There's a mystery there. 
Continue. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the actually our glory. to us because it is hidden, we don't understand. Yes, what is that mystery? Which none of the rulers of these ages knew. Brethren, evil rulers of these ages in that place referring to Satan. Satan did not know it. He didn't know it. Quite hidden, yes. For had they known, they would not have satisfied Jesus. Brethren, there is a mystery in the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you, sir. There is a mystery. If the enemy had known, they would have tried to avoid it. They were hiding it, not knowing that there is a mystery there. God hid it. And when man fell from the beginning, God packaged it. What is that mystery? That if Jesus will rise again, men who come to believe in him will live a risen life. There is a victory. That victory is hidden in that mystery. That the resurrection we celebrate today is actually the, the fulfillment of the possibility of living the exemplified life Jesus gave. The mystery is if death did not hold him captive, sin should not. The mystery is, remember, sin led to death. Did you get that? Death could not hold him. Why should sin hold you? So if that is the mystery, brethren, if they had known, what would they have done? They wouldn't have gone that way. God brought out his God. And he beat them to it. It looked to me as if they began to sense it. Hey, it's like there's something in this, you know. So they went to try to block Jesus. from. You know, my son was asking my wife, where did these people go to block? I think it was yesterday. Where did they go to block that tomb? Why? Why? Why did they send soldiers to go and block the tomb? <laughs> you know, the answer would have been that they thought the disciples would come and steal his body. It's still hidden. They couldn't see it. They were thinking that the disciples would plan and steal. And you know that is the lie still moving around. That some people came and stole his body. But then if that is true, our faith is in vain. That's what the Bible is saying. But that he rose, that is a mystery hidden. If they had known, they wouldn't have gone that way. And now that we know, why shouldn't we walk in the victory? Death could not hold him captive. But then if death didn't hold him captive, and sin, death is a thing of sin, brought about death, then sin should not hold us captive. This morning, I've come to announce to us, as we see verse 21, please verse 21 to 23. The offer Jesus brought to us, as we begin to tie up. Verses 21 to 23, please. I told you we'll run through that. 21 to 23 says, For since by man came death, by man came also resurrection of the body. Mystery. Hallelujah. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In the resurrection of Christ is the new life, the life man lost at Calvary, be made alive. That is the mystery hidden. 
verse 23 but every man in his own order christ the first fruits afterwards there are christ afterwards they that are christ's at his coming this resurrection does not end here it is the hope for eternity and that is why in our text he said if our hope is only in this world we have all men most miserable meaning the resurrection we celebrate today gives us a hope of eternity of a rising so a risen life to give us a rising at the end a resurrected life that gives us a hope of a rising at the end this morning if they had known this mystery they wouldn't have gone that way we are celebrating the mystery god hid from the beginning which gives us strength in the face of this battle that even with this resurrected life we know where we are ending we know where we are heading finally brethren it is a life by the spirit as ephesians 2 verse 1 to 6 puts it we have victory can we read that as we begin to pray ephesians 2 verse 1 to 6 and you who are you he made alive you he made alive we, we, were, dead in we were once dead in transgression in which you once walked according to the course of the world according to the prince of the powers of the air the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind mm -hmm. and we are by nature children of wrath just as others but god but god who is rich in mercy who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us yes even when we are dead in transgression when we were dead in transgression made us alive together made us alive by the grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in christ jesus thank you sir because of time he made us alive by what by grace are you saved but what did the bible say there he rose us with the resurrection of jesus brethren you know the way i saw it and i will end at that is that when jesus rose he did it and kept it for us that we believe we will rise if you come to the believing you rise with him this morning are you washed in the blood let's rise to pray in the soul cleansing blood can we rise to our feet are your garments Can you respond to that question? Are you washed? If your response is you have not come, you have not believed in the life of Jesus, his death by which the blood washes, and the resurrection that gives us a hope to become alive to this nature. 
you have an opportunity to indicate and come for the worship. There is a cleansing power. There is a power to live above sin. Are you here and you have not come to believe? In verse 2, the Bible of that our text says, It is by this gospel you believe that you have a stand. Maybe you are not standing well because you have not believed the gospel. You have not believed the mystery. You have not seen this this way. And this morning you want Jesus. You want him to come in and give you this victory. Victory over sin, which in turn gives you victory over death. You have an opportunity this morning. Can you raise your hand? If you know you have not been washed, just raise that hand and ask him to come. That's one way to ask him to come. Raise your hand. He's stretching forth to help you. Are you here this morning and you want him to wash you? You want him to cleanse you? You want him to give you victory over sin? Just raise that hand. Are you battling with sin and you know it? And it seems you are already a victim of that battle, not a victor. This morning, God is saying, I have come to give you victory. The Lord bless you, my brother. If you are here this morning and raising that hand, just come forward. Walk out, just come to the front. This morning, are you here and you are crying to the Lord? I want that victory over sin. This morning, that is the first step. As we close our eyes, raise your hand and say, Lord, I want this victory. Raise your hand. If you are raising your hand, come to the front. Just go to the altar and say, Lord, save me. Give me victory over sin. For the rest of us, are you weak in this battle against sin? Be strong. Can you begin to speak to the Lord concerning the victory you have? Speak to the Lord that, Lord, sin will not gain dominion over me. Sin will not rule over my life. By this mystery, I live a risen life. Can you make a commitment by discharge to live a risen life? Make a commitment this morning that you will live a risen life. Make a commitment that you will be strong and courageous in this battle. Make up your mind that sin will not rule over you. My brother, I want you to say after me, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my sins and my transgressions. And it's only your blood that can purge me from all iniquity. I come to you this morning, not trusting in my own power, but in the efficacious power in your precious blood. Even this day as you commemorate your rise from the dead. Father Lord God, come into my life. Make me whole again. Make me your own and take over control of everything about me that I will be among the number when your transverse sounds. Let us pray. In Jesus' name, in the mighty name of Jesus, even on this special day, Lord, your Son has approached your throne of mercy. Asking, Lord, that you have mercy on him, that you will make him a new creature. Everything about him before now, they are past. He is a new creature in you. Take control of his life. Take control of his faculties. Create a new spirit in him. A spirit and a body that your Holy Spirit will, draw, will dwell. Father, Lord, take control. Remove his name from the book of death and rewrite his name in the book of life. From this day forward, 
start a new work with him in Jesus' name. Lord God, we thank you for your son. May your word, may your grace be abundant in his life. May your presence always remain with him, even as he starts a new, this new work and this new relationship with you. Father Lord, empower him with your life. May your Holy Spirit dwell mightily in him, that this decision he has taken this day, that he will never regret it in Jesus' name. Amen. That he will be an instrument for you all the days of his life. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And so, Lord, we also pray for the entire congregation. All of us who have had this message, today we are remembering the resurrection morning. Father, cause us to have a resurrection in our lives and victory over sin and death for each and every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. From the great